And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm here, as always, with the Sigma male, Dr. Bear Paul Lando, coming to you live and direct from the great state of Jefferson, where freedom still reigns supreme. I'll explain what I mean by Sigma male in a second. Uh, I Indeed, I believe that's what you are and myself. Uh, and it is a, I'll have to post this video, Bear, uh, uh, a recent video I saw on YouTube about why the matrix can't control the Sigma male. Because the Sigma male is one and unto himself who does not play by the rules is an avid individualist and a free thinker and uses logic and discernment over uh, impassioned uh, sort of um, alpha male style need to dominate. Uh, so often we hear people saying, oh, it's important to be an alpha male. Well, this concept of the Sigma male was really interesting to me. I will post that video in our Telegram group and on our new platform when it launches. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, Bear, but it's a pretty cool idea and I believe we both embody that uh, concept of being a free thinker and, uh, if you will, being outside the box. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just uh, just more of a uh, superficial uh, kind of comment about the Sigma male. It's um, for you youngsters that are still in your breeding years out there, <laughs> you'll get more chicks if you're a Sigma male. <laughs> Because the Sigma male is uh, holds themselves in more of an aloof posture. You know, I remember back in those years very well myself. And, um, uh, you know, with a lot of women, they believe that if, especially if they're attractive, that they can just kind of, you know, kind of uh, throw the hook out and you're going to bite every single time. And uh, that used to kind of rankle me, you know, it just, it seemed kind of demeaning. And, and uh, I remember a lot of times, even if I wanted to, I would uh, sort of uh, ignore those kinds of advances, just in spite of somebody that thought they could control me with their uh, womanly wiles. And this is <laughs> nothing against women, but it's about men having pride. And to me, the the most disgusting thing is the average male out there that, uh, you know, if a woman does uh, make an advance and, you know, you've got your tongue hanging out and you're slobbering all over yourself and making a fool out of yourself. So, uh, you know, like my old football coach used to tell me, you know, play with pride. And so, guys, uh, uh, yeah, Sigma male is where it's at, not only are you uh, more empowered that way, um, you know, in all phases of life, but also it's uh, what we need more of in this world. Uh, when men are uh, brought into this false dichotomy of you're either a beta or an alpha, uh, you know, there's there's more to it than that. And there's uh, more empowerment when you get to the essence of true maleness. Yeah, that's beautiful. And the idea of being a witness to your own uh, self, right? And being confident in your own internal uh, ability to recognize truth in who you are, and not so much on what society says, or even what the concept of what the masculine is. Um, it's about being fearless and uh, really um, respecting who you are. And uh, yeah, so anyways, I um, I saw that video and I was like, oh, well, that's Bear Lando to a T and I'd like to think of myself <laughs> as well. 
And uh, of course, you know what a Sigma male is, <laughs> but hey, guys, it's uh, great to be uh, back here for another in-house chat. Uh, originally, we had scheduled Jaron uh, Campanella from the great Jaronism channel, and there was a cross up there uh, with the scheduling, and he was super bummed and kind of stressed trying to make it this morning. And I said, don't even worry about it. We'll reschedule. It's not a big deal. We had to uh, initially reschedule due to the fires and us having to evacuate anyways. So we'll have Jaron on in a few weeks. He already did reschedule uh, Bear. So we're looking forward to that conversation and hearing from him uh, specifically in all the years uh, that he's been at the forefront of challenging the globe model and traditional scientism or not traditional, sorry, um, a new age speak scientism, which really is the new age sort of uh, religion of today, whereas the traditionalism of uh, the true sciences is what we're going to touch on today, as well as um, really just sort of spitball on, I believe, uh, bear the functional realm and uh, touch on a bit of your presentation you did for Jaron's True Earth Summit, which he did uh, a few months back that you were a guest on and one of the uh speakers on there and uh i will say that is a great summit because it's not it's not your typical sort of uh uh truth or summit if you will uh it really is tying into a lot of compelling concepts around true science and uh being uh fearless in its uh uh in, in with jaron what he's doing in terms of um not playing into any of the sort of, uh, I don't know, um, uh, as you were saying that like, is it flat or round or just the pure materialism aspect, but going deeper into all that. And I think that's what I take pride. I know what we do as well. We don't play into those dichotomies of, of just pure materialism, yeah. but want to go yeah. deeper. And, and, and I like Jaron's take because he terms it true earth. Uh, so it takes you out of that dichotomy of flat versus round, which is just another psyop. And uh, we've, I think we've done a good jo uh, job on this platform, uh, really giving a platform for um, different takes on that. You know, we've had David Weiss, which is the flat earth guy. We've had... Um, uh, you know, different people with their different perspectives. Jaron, uh, you know, is going to be add, adding F to that. FPV yeah, Angel, uh, who's in know. the chat. <laughs> yeah, and then we have all the, um, um, you know, more of the folks that are uh, into the simulation theories and so forth, which I think gets a little bit closer to a functional uh, kind of perspective. And uh, FPV Angel... Um, to this day is still my favorite who I find more of a kinship with because uh, they do go about it in more of a, from a functional perspective and everything I've done in my life is about function. You know, I don't really care about the academics or, or arguing semantics. It's about what really works on the ground. What, you know, whether it's farming, whether it's medicine or sports um, uh, but when you understand the nature of our reality, that it is literally a functioning technology, then when you understand how that technology functions, then you have all the answers you need in your life as far as, you know, why we're here and, uh, how to be able to manipulate this realm to your own ends uh, rather than vice versa. And again, FPV Angel is uh, my favorite out there. 
and uh, and you said he's in the chat room this morning. So that's awesome. Hi to you there out there, FPV. Thanks for joining us. And uh, so, Mike, we can take this in all sorts of directions. And um, well, can I can I I'd like to just and... make some general. Can I, I was just to make a general comment okay. is I'd like to talk more about why it's important to discuss the nature of the realm, just kind of riff off my last comment. So sorry, go ahead. Say what you no, want that's to say. perfect. Um, uh, and that's the title that I have, which we'll probably just stick with. Uh, and we can update it for when Jaron comes back, why the true nature of earth matters. And uh, this might be a good jumping point off a comment here from Iman Puadama. Um, it is either flat or round. It's nothing to do with materialism. I'm an idealist, which is the philosophy that consciousness is primary. Um, yet my front door has a specific shape. I don't see why the earth should be different. I think that might be a great jumping point um, for us because that sin tends to be a lot of the argument I hear uh, about why it's important for round versus flat. What do you think, Bear? I, I I can totally relate to that comment, uh, understand it, uh, agree in certain uh, points. And what I'm saying is not contradicting that or arguing with that. What I'm saying is if you know what makes shapes, how shapes are formed, uh, the role that we have in making those shapes, um, what the hierarchy of intelligence within this realm uh, does in order to create the canvas for us to play upon uh, within this, whatever you want to call it, technology, simulation, round, flat. Um, you know, that's my point. And I, again, have to always default about things that I actually had to do. And in that, uh, in those endeavors, we'll just take medicine as an example. If I didn't understand some of the principles I'm alluding to, I wouldn't have any, wouldn't have been able to have the success I had when I was practicing medicine. So again, uh, you know, the, the discussions are great and I think they're very enlightening. We can exchange ideas and everything, but I'll always go back to how do things really work? Because when you know that, you know more than anything you could possibly discern from any kind of discussion as far as, well, are things in fixed shapes uh, and what shape they're in and so forth. Yeah. And as an idealist myself, what makes the most sense to me is we do live in a construct and the way things are constructed through consciousness are both globular uh, in the sense of how the um, vortex mathematics works and how a, a globular sort of um, shape of energetics, but then a flat plane of existence on top of inside that. So to me, you know, it's both in that sense. And um, we can go deeper into that. And I think Walter Russell is a great person that uh, describes the physics of how that works. But Anyways, uh, yeah, in the end, it's about how it functions more so than um, the, the pure just um, shape. Uh, and uh, I agree that for us, it's like about how are we going to use this in our life right now <laughs> versus getting uh, mm -hmm. theoretical about things. So uh, and that's when. And, and... Well, I was just going to say Walter Russell is, uh, you know, uh, 
his work is so amazing because he brought in two uh, opposing shapes and explained how they are the source of all creation uh, as they direct the characteristics of thought in order to create phenomena and what we would think of as materialism. And he talked about the cube and the, the six sides of the cube and how waveforms will then model within uh, the interface of those six-sided uh, cubes, the interior of the cubes, to create um, uh, all the different waveforms that then create our experience and what, again, what we think of as matter. So, the um, you know, we're talking about spheres because the waveform will create a sphere within that cube. And we can go back into all different types of, um, you know, thought and understandings from civilizations from the beginning of time who talk about the same thing in the same way and have different names for these, these two opposing shapes, you know, yin, yang, and so forth. But the point is, is nature creates in spheres because uh, you know, spirals are kind of a sort of a round affair that then, you know, um, uh, will we'll then kind of project out, mate with other waveforms and things. But those spheres then create all different kinds of shapes. So, you know, again, it's not about getting hung up on shapes. Spheres uh, create flat surfaces. They create round things. They create all sorts of all different kinds of structures and geometries. Uh, but if you understand how that works on that fundamental level of waveform physics, then not only do you understand that the argument really isn't about what's the shape of the realm, it's about what do we have to say about what goes on within the realm and why did we place ourselves within this realm in the first place? Mm, yeah, as above, so below, as within, so without. Uh, the concept that the microcosm inside us is the same as the macro outside. I was going to say, yeah, that's the great sciences of alchemy and astrology and um, theurgy, uh, magic, all relate to that, right? Yes, it does. Um, you know, just on a, uh, as we're talking about why it's important to understand the function of this technology, we call our realm, our globe, our planet, our plane, uh, you know, take your pick. Um, it's really because we live in a time where you, you mentioned a key word there, which is construct. And we have another guest coming up. Uh, is it Darius Wright? Is that his name? Correct. And he talks about constructs and he is going to take us on a journey uh, through his life in which he has been able to have um, out of realm experiences. He calls them out of body. I you know, call them out of realm because the realm is the construct, which also holds constructs within that, which include uh, you know, the human form and so forth. But it's really not who we are. So uh, the realm that we're talking about here, uh, regardless of what slant you want to give it, it is a construct. And we live at a historical point where this construct is reaching an apex, which means the construct is going to be functioning differently for those of us who understand 
how it functions because we will no longer, and many of us already are not totally controlled by the construct because we realize we are the construct. We're the creators, the co-creators of the construct. So um, the construct, again, you can get into the etiology of it, you know, go into waveform mechanics and things like that. But then when you step back and look at it from an even larger perspective, well, that's just a technology within this construct. So the question is, what happens uh, as this construct, uh, let's just say, um, comes to its natural conclusion, which is not the end of the earth or uh, you know, so forth. It, what it is is the end of the matrix, which is sentient beings believing that they are somehow held captive by this matrix, don't even know it's a matrix and so forth. That brings me into what's really germane about what we're trying to do, Mike, because you know, with our uh, new, more interactive site, it's, uh, you know, we have a set date for its launch and everything, which we won't mention publicly, but it's about to, uh, it's about coming into solutions. And in that, we're going to speak to many audiences. One of the audiences that I really want to address specifically in our interactive mode there is the geriatric community, since I'm a member of it now. Uh, you know, well into my 70s and pushing 80, as they say, well, I'm appalled, I have to say, when I look at my peers, you know, in the geriatric community, because largely we've accepted the PSYOP of retirement. Now, let's wrap our minds around retirement. Retirement means, well, probably what you did throughout your life uh you didn't enjoy that much in the first place so the question is why did you do it in the first place and you look forward to a retirement so you don't have to do that anymore well number one if you would have followed your passion and not the narrative that you needed to get a job or go to school, get a degree or whatever other bullshit, you know, that they say we're supposed to do to earn a living. Uh, you wrap your mind around that one, earn a living. Uh, who has to earn anything? So if you uh, instead from birth were uh, free to choose your passion, get in touch with who you are, your purpose here, then you would be so stoked in what you would uh, eventually and just naturally fall into as far as your vocation that you wouldn't want to stop doing it ever. Plus, you would have a certain amount of personal esteem involved, which would uh, prevent you from any desire of just reaching a point in your life where you sit back and say, okay, great, I don't have to do anything anymore. And we wonder why the younger generations think we're a bunch of freaking morons. Now, of course, the criteria uh, behind that is, uh, you know, because our thumbs don't move as fast uh, on, uh, you know, uh, mobile devices. And, and maybe, you know, some of us, myself included, don't really give a rat's ass about a lot of the new technologies and social networking and everything that doesn't connote dumb. 
Uh, but again, I think the younger generation, even though that's a false criteria, has some uh, has some points to make. And if you look at the older generations, you know, the baby boomers, who we'll just call us, um, you know, there's there's a lot of valid criticism there because we're sitting uh, back waiting for handouts, uh, expecting 401ks and retirement uh, funds, social security to take care of us. And so what do we spend our days doing? What, watching the news, uh, just basically vegetating and waiting to die, uh, you know, and hoping that our funds and our little privileges and perks don't run out before we croak. Well, um, <laughs> where do we start unpacking that? How about if we just start with the fact that uh, there was a very um, well-known gentleman who once said, uh, death is the last enemy to overcome. And, you know, Mike, we talk a lot on our platform about the whole false narrative concerning germ theory uh concerning the money system uh concerning what we consider to be science uh you know everything we think of in our reality is real which isn't well guess what death is another one of those psyops because there was a time within this realm where people did not have to um embody through a birth canal and also uh, had a conscious recollection of who they were when they materialized within this realm and use this realm for why they chose to come in here in the first place and then simply made a transition out of the realm when they didn't need to experience the realm anymore. And then also during that whole duration had the ability to come and go within the realm, just like Darius Wright is going to be explaining to us how we do not have to be held captives to our bodies and, in fact, uh, have the ability to come and go even within this sleep cycle that we consider a lifetime. Wow. <laughs> so much to unpack right there. there. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah, retire. Uh, from your slave job, right? It's like you're um, you're retiring uh, the sort of uh, I don't know the 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 decision not to live a true vocation. So you have pinochle and golf now. Uh, I do know people that are happily retired, like my my dad. He you know he's I think he's coming from that point of view where it's like. Hey, I had to grow up and in this time of the matrix and I'm just gonna enjoy the rest of my life. But I do agree with you wholeheartedly. And you think of retire, tire, T-Y-R-E, going back to the Phoenicians, right? Going back to sort of the control mechanism that they brought in a long time ago. Uh, and of course, earn a living. You think of an urn, <laughs> your ashes are in. <laughs> it's like um essentially just giving in to the entire uh slave slave system where we talk about having a vocation that is your life's work the great work right uh, that the alchemists talk about and really 
having a longer life uh, really, I think, relies upon that great work and that meaning you have. In other words, living longer. We talk, we've talked in the past about how in modern times, most people die in a hospital bed. They think that's the way you're supposed to go, right? You get sick with cancer or come down with some malady and you get, you know, basically go to the hospital and you die with tubes in your mouth. That's what the modern man thinks is the way out when really the way out is when you choose to leave the realm, as you were saying, when literally like your, was it your grandfather was in the midst of building a, a wall or fence. And I love this story where he was in great shape, was he in his nineties? And uh, 106. Then, uh, how, how old again? 106. 106. There we go. Like a true, a, a, a true gent. And, um, and then just passed away. And that's, you know, how we're supposed to go. And we're all surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I will say, you know, we talk about the great awakening, the great unfolding that is happening uh, with a lot of souls choosing to come back in as Darius, Darius Wright talks about. I can't wait to have him on the show. Uh, I will be actually working on going back out of body uh, right now. I'm, I'm going, I have been very sober of late. I've totally stopped alcohol for years and, and I've really stopped even cannabis and any of that stuff as I'm trying. And now caffeine I'm, I'm ditching so I can focus on going back out of body because I want to try to have an body experience before I have them on. Um, uh, but yeah, that is one phenomenal discussion we're going to have and leading into this conversation, of course, too, this idea that we are the great technology, we are the greatest technology in the realm and to be able to leave our, our, have our consciousness leave this body and go places and to investigate the realm was something that I believe the ancient cultures like the Egyptians were all doing every day and that's why modern academia can't even understand the pyramids or understand their their art and their science is because literally we're coming from a totally different 3d perspective than what what they were actually doing but just to go back to the great awakening idea of the younger generations we clown on them a lot gen z and in, even the millennials for this idea of owning nothing and yes that's being manipulated by the weffers as cliff i would say the mother weffers and you know, they're always using uh, certain elements of the reality to their own, you know, evil ways. But on the flip side of the dualism aspect of this, that generation is really getting a lot of this idea of just living your life, going out and traveling, um, experiencing life is more important than saving up for the future. Um, there's a lot of pitfalls to that because it's not totally in balance, but also there's a lot to appreciate around that consciousness of 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 this free spirit of I want to have experiences are more important to me than necessarily uh, coming going to college out of the gates getting your nine to five job that you're going to have for forty years so you have a pension and retirement. A lot of them I think have had to give that up because it's not a reality anymore. But two have embraced the idea of enjoying every experience you can in the now, um, and that can slip into a sort of um, escapism and i think that needs to be they need some grounding back into natural law and that's hopefully what we can provide but there are elements to that that are i think are really powerful and awesome yeah and you know we don't have to limit ourselves uh when i talk about vocation when you mentioned the great work all that that doesn't mean it's arduous or that it's no fun or you don't have time for a golf game i uh, loved it by the way tell your dad i want to get out there and play golf with them someday soon 
Um, you know, when I was in medical school, I remember having conversations with my fellow students and uh, towards the end there, everybody was starting to make plans. Where are we going to move? And a lot of folks were looking at where they're going to start the practice up. And the criteria was largely, you know, where uh, am I going to make a good living? Where is there uh, not too much inundation with other practitioners so I can make a good go of it? And they would move anywhere just to get close to good parking and, and you know, good uh, good business decisions. And I'm like, holy crap, you know, no way. So, uh, you know, as soon as I was done with all my education and went into practice and everything, uh, we moved to Fiji. And because I wanted to surf, I wanted to have different experiences. And, you know, in Fiji, I was given a little a little job description of uh, working on people in this one little village, uh, providing emergency medicine services, and then eventually to Hawaii. So, you know, you can have fun and you can do it in your own way. You don't have to do it the normal way. If you're really supposed to be uh, engaging in, uh, as a health practitioner, that doesn't mean it has to be boring. If you're, you know, in the trades or something, still, you can put your own twist on it can be artistic and creative about whatever you uh, do. You can also create balance in your life. And of course, uh, the PSYOP out there uh, with the money system, of course, is to make money more and more worthless every single day so that you have to work more and you don't have the ability, what most people think, to even entertain notions of like moving to Fiji or doing something a little bit different. But a lot of people, as you mentioned, are starting to see through that. So now those folks that just want to go have experiences and screw everything else and really maybe not find the reason why they're here in the first place or how things work, uh, you know, now it's a matter of them coming full circle back and, you know, integrating in all of the above. Uh, it was, I have to say, in my generation, I think it was a little bit easier because, I think of what Deb and I did back in those days, because we we're self-starters, didn't have any help and, and so forth. Uh, it would have been more difficult to do, uh, you know, in this day and age with the state of finances and everything else. So, yeah, I get it, but you can still do it. And I still argue that there's more opportunity available right now in other ways that wasn't available back in the day when we were just, you know, creating what we thought of as our new life back then. Um, you know, another thing I'd like to bring out is since we're supposed to be a health and wellness channel, I think that's how we started. Well, going back to different demographics and uh, really focusing on my demographic, which is uh, the folks that feel like they're aging, it's more important to take care of your physical self right now than ever. And by that, I mean, not trying to find the latest supplement that's going to repair your DNA to think that you're going to do an end around and somehow rely on external things in order to make you stay in your body a little bit longer or prevent something bad, some disease, which doesn't exist in the first place, you know, from happening, um, the, there's, there's a, a certain reality to some of those things within our belief system constructs, 
On the other hand, uh, it's all about, you know, you know, we're in the, the health business and we make manufacture things, you know, from nature and herbs and things that we grow. And I think that's all great. And if you use them within the right frame of mind, it can really help improve the quality of your life when you understand how those things work. But in fact, you are the one that's giving them power. So don't externalize your power onto an herb or anything else. But what's really important, uh, more important, more than what goes in your mouth is being active and really getting into your physical form in a very robust way. And rather than just going out and walking the dog or something like that, uh, you know, I kind of relate to everything still the way I used to years and years ago. I had different cycles within the year. Uh, this was off-season training time. Uh, this was preseason training. This was, um, uh, you know, during the the regular season, whatever sport it was, whether it was martial arts competition or football or whatever. And then you had postseason rehabilitation. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of wisdom uh, as far as how to cycle through taking care of your body, even if you aren't a professional athlete. And for folks that are kind of sitting on the couch or just doing a little leisurely walk every once in a while and thinking if you get so many steps in, you're going to be healthy. No, you need to be stronger than that because there are things coming right now that now this isn't a bummer. Uh, not trying to be a buzzkill, but we are going to experience things within the months ahead, not years, but in the months ahead, things that we have never seen before. There are going to be things that the average person is going to be mind blown about, things that are going to be considered severe hardships. So if you do not have the ability to be strong in your body, I don't care how old you are. And, uh, you know, if you don't know how to engage in some kind of functional training, just the way an athlete does, then you're not going to thrive as well as folks that have a strong physical structure, which of course is nothing more than a reflection of their, um, mental and emotional state. Yeah. And we were meant to come in as gladiators of the realm. That's why we chose to come into the construct, right? To experience this and our bodies are set to be able to do amazing things. And we've been conned into the sedentary life through technology and modernism and sort of this modern concept coming out of World War II, really, with the great conveniences of machines, right? <laughs> Sit on the couch and be entertained when really these bodies can do phenomenal things. I mean, I'm 45 years old. Last year, I decided to go hardcore surfing. I'm surfing like every other day right now. And I feel amazing out there. I'm like surfing with 20 year olds out there. Yes, two days ago. And at first I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. You know, like I like those guys, I have no problem. And then I was surfing with 60 year old dudes. Uh, yeah, two days ago, there was a couple dudes in their mid 60s shredding. And uh, it just goes to show this, these bodies are, can do amazing, amazing things. Look at someone like Wim Hof, right? And I think he was in his late 40s, 50s, swimming under icebergs. So <laughs> it's like, um, but yeah, that is part of our responsibility here to our higher selves and why we signed up was to experience this place in all of its 
glory in every aspect we can and to challenge ourselves in our hero's journey. And part of that is about being robust in our physicality. So um, inter interacting with the realm and nature every minute we can. And it's hard to do that in the city. That's why people go to gyms, I guess. But finding ways to lift rocks and throw things and you know, be uh, very creative with how you, you move your body. Qigong, right? We've talked about that before at the Biggle Sins and in past shows. An amazing, uh, awesome uh, modality. Actually, we have Chris coming on uh, who uh, in a couple of weeks who to talk about um, everything with uh, permaculture and, and really focusing on um, the electrical realm and using that in agriculture, electroculture and all that. But his foundation is in health-related uh, spiritual qigong, moving the body, uh, right? So uh, I think uh, there are so many ways that we can get activated right now. And I bring up, only reason why I bring up surfing, Bear, is because it's also super fun, right? So there's like a lot of, I know you love to work out. You are also working in uh, um, the garden all day, digging holes, and that's an incredible workout. But you're doing things with that. You're not just going to a gym and lifting weights. You're actually growing things while getting your workout in. Uh, so I think there's some really phenomenal ways to get more robust in your physicality while also engaging with nature and doing things that is fun. Yeah. And uh, to me, exercising and working is a luxury. Uh, when I have to sit down and just uh, take care of business things, it's like, uh, okay, whatever, you know, I just kind of get through it. Uh, one of the other things I want to do in our interactive site is uh, while we're focusing on the geriatric, uh, you know, it, it won't be just confined to that, but I really want to focus on these folks and wake them up. Uh, it's about um, learning how to do functional movements, not just going to the, the gym and sitting on a leg extension machine. You want to do things that are going to challenge you in all dimensions and things that are going to duplicate real life. And if, uh, not if, but when it hits the fan, you know, there are sleeper cells in this country that are just waiting for marching orders. Um, there's a lot of stories I could share that I can't right now. I have some conduits in different channels that understand what's going on like right here in california and uh there are major sleeper cells that are already activated but ready for their marching orders so if they show up on your doorstep you want to be able to move uh defend yourself and also um not be able to or not just freak out you know when stuff happens so there's a real practical side as far as taking care of yourself but um some of the 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 new things that are becoming in vogue now are things that we used to do years ago but hitting more the mainstream as far as how to exercise you know mike you were here in the room the other day and looking at some of my stuff that I use for exercise, so, you know, I use my, you know, you mentioned Qi Gong. That's amazing because you're combining movements with uh, the mental uh, direction of your energy through those movements. And in the process, you're massaging your meridians, you're uh, bringing energy into all the different vital tissues of your body. You're exchanging energy from uh, above your head where your presence resides which is projecting that energy that keeps you animated every moment in the first place so 
Now you're doing that embryological replenishing of energy. So Qigong and all these things are amazing. But then when you couple them with physical uh, exercise, you know, one of the things you were looking at. Oh, yeah. Battle sticks. Bears, yeah, for those listening, bears grabbing guns. <laughs> yeah, explain me <laughs> for those these listening, are, bear. These are called uh, um, club bells. And, uh, you know, I've been a proponent of these for a long time because, you know, when you go into real primitive movements and uh, traditional kind of uh, warrior training, you know, you're, um, you know, wielding swords and things like that, but also there's ways to engage your whole body. But the point is, is you're not just working your core and making uh, yourself um, adept at coming from your core. And any martial artist will tell you, you know, if you, you know, punch or kick or grapple in any way, the power isn't coming from your extremities. It has to be coming from your core. So a lot of these uh, exercises that we'll be highlighting and demonstrating in our new interactive site, uh, you know, maybe little workshops and things, we'll be teaching people how to move in all dimensions using exercise equipment that allows them the freedom of movement and not being confined to a machine or a a squat rack or something like that you know th those things all have their place but um again it, it it goes back to more of a functional training and older people as we think of them need that more than ever because as we age of course we just start getting you know more crystallized which is uh you know just crystallization of our belief systems and our emotions but the exercise doesn't just do your um, you know, your body good, but when you learn how to move in all these different planes, then you also free up your mind, free up your emotions and things start happening on all different sort of levels, rather than just doing your exercise or anything else you do in life, including farming out there, you know, nature does not do things in straight lines, you need to move, uh, you know, uh, you know, in all different directions and have the ability to do that. And that's going to free up your thinking and free up your emotions at the same time. So you can't affect, uh, moral of the story is you can't affect one level without affecting all levels. So whenever you're doing any uh, particular focus, then we should be thinking about how can I do this so it's going to free me up in every single way rather than using any particular um uh, you know, form of exercise or otherwise, uh, you know, to just start reestablishing straight lines and and kind of linear progressions to keep us in the same sort of mode that's really not going to get us that far in the first place. Man, another reason why I wish you were at Music and Sky, we had Oswin there doing primal movement every morning where we were, people were literally getting down, you know, like uh, the ancients, uh, and like animals and moving the body in a way that is just like you're explaining. And actually he's now cruising to confluence, which will be awesome. He's an awesome dude. Uh, and you, yeah, so right, man. Um, just getting that flexibility in body leads to flexibility in your mind and it plays back and forth. It's so important that we uh, yeah. understand that relationship, right? Uh, I will say too about the physicality part. Um, yeah, not everybody understand. There are people that are handicapped. There are people that have had injury. 
Um, I think it's important we've discussed in this past understanding that you can overcome those physical injuries through your spiritual resolve and your mind. So that relationship goes both ways, right, Bear? It's a two-way street. And then also the thing I'd like to add to that too is community is super important. So if you are someone who's wheelchair bound, but have an amazing um, aptitude for creativity or engineering, um, community is important for that support when the cell sleepers come for someone to help you out uh, in ways that you help them out. So obviously not everybody um, has the physicality to be able to function in ways like some sort of gladiator warrior type. And that's why we have community. But I will say it's amazing what we can heal from. And of course, modern medicine has uh, done everything that they can to um, sort of parlay that into their tricks of the trade, right? That we have to go to them for everything, but the mind and spirit and our energetics can heal almost anything uh, in terms of our physicality. Yeah, and perhaps if we have a handicap uh, that is purposeful, uh, not to say that it might be a challenge for people in those situations or going into a thing like, oh, you know, bad karma and, you know, going to a blame thing or something. Maybe it's purposeful in the sense that it gives the opportunity in order to flex our imagination in certain ways. And if we are, adept enough on that level, then we can exercise our body and bring energy into any part of our body, regardless of whether we're in a wheelchair or not. Now, in my practice, um, I, I can think of a number of circumstances where people came in, um, uh, one woman, a Filipino lady in, in Hawaii that I saw for a couple of years, she was in a wheelchair because she had a spinal cord injury from a car accident. This is just one example and not the only one I saw. And for 10 years before I got to know her, she couldn't, she was, uh, you know, quadriplegic. She could do some crude movements with her upper body and so forth. So we went through some of the, um, uh, techniques that, you know, I learned and then through that, uh, through many other, you know, really iconic doctors that I got to study under back in the old days. Um, but then I had my own uh, way of putting things together where we're uh, having very good success working through neurological means in order to help people recover from things like that. So, it took a couple years and this woman wasn't, um, you know, now she had a spinal cord injury. Uh, her body was completely, um, you know, just frozen up because she hadn't been able to use any muscles. There's no juice getting through anywhere for a long time. But after a couple of years, she was able to get up out of her chair and walk across the room. Now that's a medical miracle. And we know there's no such thing as a miracle. But it's because we took her little baby steps through different kinds of treatment protocols. Through that, she was able to see constant little micro improvements. And she was of a warrior disposition where she took that as very encouraging in order to keep really moving forward to the point where she could walk again. Uh, you know, we saw people with MS where their myelin sheaths are so far gone that, you know, again, they're crippled, they're in, in wheelchairs. 
we saw those things regenerate and people get their lives back, you know, many people with MS and, and everything. So uh, the practice of medicine for me became a proving ground as far as these bodies are not who we are. And in fact, these bodies will do whatever we want them to do. But old belief systems do die hard. So, you know, we're not saying it's easy, but if you have that disposition, just like with what we face as a people today, right now, we have an unseen enemy. They're they're coming into full view, though. It's like the Klingon warship right before they do their final strike. They have to appear, you know, and make themselves known. That's what's happening on the on in the, within this realm right now. We're seeing uh, the enemy, if you want to think of it that way, you know, in clear view. So they are literally trying to take out most of humanity right now. And that's a fact, you know, Mike, you and I saw just recently, you know, we were subjected to the fires, uh, you know, my friends in Maui subjected to the fires, uh, the people down south subjected to the fires. Let me turn this off. Yeah, like it was just okay. proven, I think, in um, Louisiana that the fires were starting by our uh, started by arson. Yeah, w without a doubt. So this is an unconventional war. And the point is, is they are taking us out right now physically taking us out so the point with that is is we need to understand that those of us that are waking up to this fact some of us have been warning about this for a long time uh just like in our example with medicine we have all the power and we have to start exercising it but we can't do it as long as we're buying the conventional narratives of you're subjected to germs they're going to make you sick there's diseases called cancer uh nerves can't regenerate themselves uh you know all the medical fallacies that don't even make any sense and for me i was able to prove this out because i saw all every single one of those fallacies fall by the wayside one by one as patients taught me you know for, for my uh, through my own observation that no that's not true a myelin sheath around a nerve can regenerate somebody with als can return function to the neuromuscular junction the amygdala in the brain can start functioning normally and, um, you know, things like Parkinson's and so forth can go away. Uh, people that are subjected to poisons can eliminate those poisons from their bodies, just like we're being sprayed in the, from the sky now, being subjected to microwave toxicity, all these things, and especially these poor souls that took the jab and are you know not just walking antennas for the wi-fi and all the behavioral modification um uh waveforms that they place on those um on those uh short waveforms uh, that can be modified for anything they want to do to people we have the ability to rise above every single bit of that and my journey in medicine and even in athletics 
uh, taught me that, no, we are not victim of anything. If I'm in a wheelchair, well, I'm going to use that as an opportunity in order to get on my A game on other levels. And when you do that, then all levels are going to rise to the occasion. That's where we are as a people right now. And if we could use that to segue back full circle into what we were going to talk about with uh, Jaron today, which was the nature of our realm and what the purpose of the realm is and what our prerogatives within the realm are, I think, uh, you know, that's uh, why some of us are a little bit interested in the nature of the realm in the first place and don't just simply say, well, who cares if they say, uh, you know, it's uh, a spinning globe when it's really not and so forth because it keeps us stupefied and into an ignorant state and renders us helpless on all levels. That's why it's important to have these kinds of discussions. So with that said, Mike, where do you want to uh, start as far as the functional realm? Can I just say something about the depopulation agenda? Yes, we are dealing oh, with a Malth- yeah. We are dealing with a Malthusian, you know, uh, cult, right? A lot of them are truly believe in this, these wannabe elites. However, I don't feel I don't really think that's the prime objective of the of the torturous uh, calamity we're seeing with all the weaponry being used and all the, the lives I think, well, one, I think some souls are checking out on purpose. They've already made that decision. But two, I also believe that it's the prime objective is fear. And what is the the biggest fear of those who don't understand how the function of the realm, how, how the realm functions is death. And so if they can have people fearing the depopulation and fearing this concept of that people are going to be getting killed, then that's where the control comes. And they, that's all they have. And as soon as we understand there is no fear of death, because there, this is not the only place we exist in, and that we've never even been created, we've always been, then they immediately lose every final you know, foothold they have. So I don't think it's necessarily about depopulating the realm. It's more about creating the fear around the depopulation and death. And so we do see a lot of people in the quote-unquote truther uh, movement that are so focused on this and the prepping, you know, whole community and all that, it just feeds right into it. Right. So I think why it's so important we have conversations about the nature of the earth, why it matters is because in the end, it always comes down to the construct and the fact that there is no fear of death because it's all just a construct yeah. that we choose to come into. Yeah, I, I would agree with all that. And another example from medicine, um, I saw thousands of folks for a long, you know, many, many years. And the ones, a lot of the ones that were the hardest nuts to crack were the people that came in that were purest. They were eating the perfect diet as they believed, uh, doing all the right things. And then they get the diagnosis and they say, why me? I'm good. I do everything right. Why does my husband who smokes a pack a day and, you know, does all these other things and doesn't care about anything and he never gets sick. <laughs> so the purest or the people that are more obsessed about 
Now, you know, we have products and all sorts of things and protocols that we do, you know, just to keep things moving through our body. I'm not saying that that's not a good thing to pay attention to, but the people that are so focused and obsessed about toxins and elimination of toxins, in my experience medically, are the people that hung on to them the most, had the most problems and, uh, you know, attracted exactly, in fact, they were a magnet for exactly what they didn't want because they're so obsessed about it. And I think that uh, is the point maybe that you're making is that these people that are, you know, uh, spending their whole days obsessed with the fact that, yeah, there are people trying to kill us. Okay, I get it. But if you take that to an obsession, well, guess what? That becomes your life. That becomes your reality. And you're probably going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time and get taken out. So it's uh, it's about that happy balance of uh, dwelling more on being proactive. Uh, you know, what are your real capabilities? Focusing on that rather than what somebody else is trying to do to you, because then that automatically is giving power to that other thing, that other person, and so forth. And then, bottom line, would you agree that the whole reason for the depopulation is control? If they could have, uh, you know, nine billion morons out there doing what they're told. Would they really need to kill a whole bunch of people off? No, they're afraid of losing control and smaller numbers are easier to control. And I think that's that's the whole ball game. And in the meantime, if you aren't uh, adult enough to realize that there are people trying to do that, that have fears that are, you know, bigger fears than anybody else, why else would you try to control the planet in the first place? Um, you know, we just can't empower them in any particular way. And everything is out visible in our face now and everything is exposed. So that takes a lot of their power away right there. So back to the realm. Yeah. If they can help, uh, or create a belief system where, you know, we are just these hapless travelers on a spinning ball through space. And uh, that we have these finite lifespans and also within our realm are all these bad people and bad microbes and and nature that's actually designed to be kind of, um, you know, ruthless against us. And that's exactly, you know, where they want us to be. The irony is that they seek to control because they fear the most. And here's another little interesting thing as i've shared you know in, in behind the scenes we've you've heard a lot of stories mike told a few public but i used to see a lot of family lineages that would be considered those elite lines that people talk about these days that are the folks that are out there pulling all the strings we're not talking about politicians and, and people like that. We're talking about the old bloods that are, um, you know, pulling the strings of all the politicians, the financial systems and so forth. And I actually got to play in the financial systems at a high level internationally, uh, got to be a fly on the wall with a lot of interesting, very notable people. And those people used to come to see people like me for their healthcare. And we would have these conversations about how things really function they understood 
And they relied on, you know, the folks that came to see me on, you know, getting back in alignment with those processes and putting things right so they could stay in their own bodies. They knew better than to go to a emergency hospital ward or someplace like that where they just get poisoned and, you know, uh, closer to their own demise. They came to see people that actually understood how things function. And they've been uh, maintaining these secrets for a long time. And, you know, again, ironically, uh, if you become too vocal about uh, some of the success uh, that you're having or how things really work, these same people will come after you because they don't want other people to catch on to how things really work in the first place. And so, um, yeah, interesting. And, you know, I was um, very early on before I went into more of a practice where I was seeing, you know, a lot of people, uh, I had a handful of offers over a period of years of people like this that wanted me to quit everything and just become their concierge doctor, you know, that where I would just be, and I could name some really interesting names where I could have just said, okay, uh, I'm taking care of financially. I got everything I want. I get all the insider stock tips, uh, get to meet certain people, get a lot of perks from playing ball. Uh, if I just become the personal doctor for this person and their family, and I'm on call for them and not open to anybody else, I got those kinds of offers. And uh, there are doctors out there that learn some of the things that I learned that you know, took the bait and did that sort of thing. And it's a very comfy lifestyle. And you get to, you know, just travel the world with folks and private jets and yachts and do all sorts of good things. But um, if you get out there and start messing with the bodies on their plantations and trying to put, you know, some of these newfangled ideas into their heads or forbid actually um, show them how they can cure themselves from these supposedly incurable things, then they come after you. And, you know, in my experience, I saw people die over that. And the most uh, recent one was not that long ago. I worked with an individual. I won't even mention a town because you could look it up and find out exactly who I'm talking about. But we worked together a little bit, uh, had a lot of success together. He was an MD and uh, he got out and I told him not to do it, but they ended up murdering him and his whole family. You know, that was my last personal experience with the way the world works in the field of medicine. If you, you know, don't fall in line and get out there too much. And then, you know, you were just, um, well, we both were, but you were more of a facilitator with that last uh, event that you were involved with, with the end of the 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 bug you know uh event and uh getting a lot of great people from all over the world from different levels of expertise to kind of blow the doors off all the logical fallacies surrounding disease and germs and uh so-called medical procedures that are uh allegedly trying to help people so um oh, yeah uh, it's I an interesting world I will say that, and it always comes down to the indelible laws, right, that govern the realm. And I do believe that if you would have contracted with some of these forces, uh, you probably wouldn't be here right now. You would uh, have suffered maybe the same fate or have lost some of your, your gifts and power. 
but instead you understood, um, you know, your, uh, your responsibility to do no harm and to be a physician and to help those in need, but also not to contract with those uh, in a way that would now put you in under, you know, as a, as a debtor to them, as a creditor, if you will. And I do believe some physicians that have spoken out had already contracted. Um, there was one who recently passed, which under mysterious circumstances that is very vocal and even had on one of our summits. And I do believe there were some contractual things there that uh, put him in jeopardy. So uh, they understand these indelible laws as well and play have to play by that rule book as well. I think it's good that we remember that, but yeah, pretty wild stuff. <laughs> they understand to not go to a hospital. <laughs> Allopathy is a con game. And as I, we opened up the live stream, I think before we hit record, New York City was literally spraying its citizens like bugs yesterday because of the West, Vial, West Nile virus and had oh China-like um, public announcements coming down the streets uh, coming out of these trucks and vans spraying to get indoors and literally were spraying people like bugs with God knows what toxins. Uh, of course, because not enough people are sick to push the new agenda of um, round two or uh, the sequel to 2020, which they're trying to do because everybody loves a good sequel, right? Uh, and uh, we even during the times of the of the um, cooties, uh, there was a small town up here that had an incident like that where there was some weird spraying up here, remember? Uh, um, with yeah. Some, and so they do this, and I think it's more important than ever that people wake up to the con game that is vi virology, and thanks for being part of that. Um, to jump in, back into uh, the, you know, the, the original topic here, um, you did this awesome presentation for the Truro Summit, and one of the slides I think uh, I'll bring up right here um, about the bioterrain and the electric realm um, I think uh, really covers a lot of it, um, and we'll be getting into this with Chris in a couple of weeks, conductance, capacitance, inductance, the electric nature of the realm, and how this ties everything together. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share this real quick, um, and we can touch on this because this is fundamental. And um, here, let's see here. And there's a great, great quote on here, too. Um, by Paracelsus, one has to understand that the medicine must be prepared in the stars and that the stars become the medicine, right? Why would the stars be the medicine if they're nuclear reactors billions of light years away in total random chaos, Berlando? Well, if we get to the concept of the functional realm, and we understand also that these constellations that old school seven ray astrologist and um alchemist and people were very much in understanding um they understood that our realm is the product of resonance no different than indigenous tribes of people could produce geometric forms uh, through sounds and so forth. 
and had different rituals around that in order to um, really keep themselves in an enlightened flow in understanding how this whole realm, including their own bodies and everything comes into being in the first place. So if you understand our realm as a fixed stationary um, situation, and that these constellations and everything above us that were, uh, you know, taught uh, are actually, you know, everything's taught opposite, of course, but um, that we know about are actually there in order to maintain and be uh, part of the self-creating realm that we interact with through our thoughts and our emotions at every moment in order to be a direct conduit, the more aware we are of these um, resonant uh, beams of light that are always coming down, or even if we're largely ignorant of them, these are the things that are playing on us every single second. Now, the old school alchemists understood that every life form, uh, including minerals, including plant species, are all products of a very precise kind of resonance that give them all their peculiar characteristics. And in that, uh, you know, we can use these things, whether it's plant medicine, mineral medicine, or so forth, in order to take on uh, uh, resonance from those um, uh, sorts of things that would actually be beneficial to us. But the fact is, is that the resonance comes from the constellations and then creates everything below. So um, that is exactly what Paracelsus is talking about when he says, uh, you know, the medicine is prepared in the stars. For instance, when I'm planting here on the farm, I'm paying attention to the plant species, the particular characteristics it possesses that are unique compared to other plant species. I understand also that that is going to be more akin to a particular constellation, a particular resonance. I know that that resonance is going to be more prominent at different times of this year or seasons. And so I'm going to capitalize on that and plant that particular species of plant coinciding with when that resonance as is the strongest in uh, the sky clock. And also, uh, when I harvest, I'm going to pay attention to the same thing. I'm going to be harvesting in a time where the resonance is going to be coming through stronger, you know, that is more in alignment with that plant species so that I can capitalize on capturing more of uh, a more concentrated, um, you know, level of that resonance. And then also, when I prepare uh, that medicine from a mineral or a plant in my alchemy lab, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do certain processes, whether it's the distillation or the cohabitation or the, you know, any other part of the process, recover the minerals, uh, concentrate certain elements. I'm going to do that also in conjunction with when a particular resonance is stronger in the sky clock that aligns with the plant species or the mineral species that I'm working with in the first place. And uh, that's, you know, what true astrology is about. It's not about forecasting your future in a predeterministic way 
or saying that, well, I have to uh, experience certain things because my whatever house is in Leo or something. But it's a matter of understanding how we can capitalize on this resonance. And if we were like a plant species, uh, you know, conceived or born birthed within a certain time where resonance was stronger, then we know that there are during those times uh, ways that we can capitalize on emphasizing those attributes that we possess by the very fact that those resonant factors are stronger in us because of when we were born and so forth. So everything starts with the functional realm, what's right above our head, what projects down to us and creates life, form and function in the first place. When we when we talk about resonance, we are literally then talking about the qualitative aspect of the waveform and how it's, I guess, vibrating and then harmonically interplaying and in sort of a fractal overlay. I, I'm I'm trying to understand because we say the word resonance a lot. Um, and when we say resonance, we're talking about right, like the qualitative qualitative nature of the the informational waveform and how that then complements something else. Um, I'm trying to understand in the in the essence what actual resonance even it means. I think musicologists get it the most. It's all about keynotes. Uh, you pluck a, a guitar string in a, in a tone of A, it's going to create a certain kind of resonance. It's, it's nothing more than that. Beautiful. It's the music of the spheres. I love that. Yeah, when I'm DJing, I try to always mix in key because if you don't, discordant uh, mixes, blending tracks together can literally wreck a dance floor. <laughs> so that's a great example there. Thank you for that. Um, so, and as uh, FPV Angel just said in the chat, it's a matter of octaves. Mm -hmm. And we are playing up and down the octaves. And that's that's basically life, you know, minerals, uh, uh, you know, take your pick of any mineral on a periodic table. It is a resonant waveform. In other words, a waveform that is vibrating in a certain tonal field. And depending on what tonal field that octave is in, it's going to give it the physical characteristics of, say, gold or silver or aluminum or boron or anything you can think of. And as those tonal fields that give birth to those minerals in a particular octave, well, just like a musical scale, they are going to, in a spiral waveform fashion, travel through all the different octaves. And depending what tonal field they possess in any particular octave is going to give it the physical characteristics on the ground that we would then recognize as any one of the minerals on the periodic table or any one of the plant species or animal species or human forms. Wow. And so if we possess this knowledge, then we can design our technologies even old school technologies that, and when we say technology, you know, technology has come to mean uh, these pieces of plastic with uh, chips and, you know, and that kind of BS. No, real technology is art. Real technology is nature. And the stuff that we think of as technology, like these little boxes we're staring at right now, these are just very uh, superficial superficial mimicries of 
the real deal, which is nature. And nature, of course, is the functional realm. Yeah, technologia, um, which is just our own creative um, attributes or our own ability to play in our with our creative skill sets and using apparatus to do that doesn't mean it has to be a computer or some sort of digital thing. It could literally be a paintbrush or it could be uh, a, literally a stick <laughs> wrapping some wire around it. Uh, and yeah, I love the idea of the cosmos of the stars of the constellations sort of being the musical scales. And then our technology are, that we use are like a piano or a, an organ playing on those chords and those octaves and applying those into the realm, into the 3D, uh, 4D, 5D, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so as we look at this slide here, we get into conductance, right? the seven rays plus the 12 constellations, the expression and transmission of the qualities and characteristics, uh, qualities, characteristics, and purpose of the absolute in the manifestation, creation, and evolution of life. The absolute being God, being the divine. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, when I made this slide, I'm uh, obviously just uh, um, using a very simplistic kind of model, but it literally works like this on every single level. This is an electrical realm. And conductance, of course, is just the, the basic conveyance of energy. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Just like within the financial system, um, you and I and everybody that's been born and issued a birth certificate is considered within the Uniform Commercial Code as a conducting utility, a transmitting utility, rather. So uh, we are considered these channels that conduct or convey or transmit energy. And of course, in the financial system, it's meant or designed to take our life force energy and be conveyed directly to them for their use. So in the larger realm, um, when we have the seven rays, which are, you know, we have a, another gentleman coming on, uh, I won't mention his name right now, but he's very well known. He's a, a, an amazing documentary filmmaker who's uh, come out a lot with uh, movies on um, true history and how history has been altered and so forth. He's also very adept at uh, seven ray astrology, which is understanding that there are seven basic rays and this doesn't get into united nations uh you know luciferian stuff like a lot of um i'll just leave it there like a lot of people you know uh are afraid of everything but the seven rays are basically the seven qualifying um attributes that are radiated from the hierarchy of intelligence and then they are then modified by the constellations and then the constellations are the ones that convey this down to the ground, as we we're already talking about. And so now the next level of any electrical system, we could just loosely call the inductance, which is modification. That's where the alchemists got into their understanding of the ethers. The ethers, as they have been created, which is a construct, um, is a way within this construct that those 
rays that we're talking about by way of the constellations then filter through different stratifications of our atmosphere whatever you want to think of it as and then we can put names on those uh, or or correlate those different stratification layers with different elements on the periodic table uh, like hydrogen nitrogen oxygen carbon and explain exactly how um, you know hydrogen which in the old school understanding would be considered the fire element then goes through a second modification in this inductance system uh, in, through the air element where nitrogen which is the purest uh, 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 element then creates a coagulation effect within the atmosphere and then goes down to the next level of what they used to call the water element, uh, which is uh, aligned with what we think of as oxygen as far as, uh, you know, more contemporaneous element uh, or chemistry understanding. And finally, into the earth or the carbon element and how each one of those stratifications then steps down energies real energies and it, through a coagulation and then a final precipitation of what we think of as matter and experience on the ground and so uh, after that inductance or that modification then we have to have a way to capture that uh, the conveyance of energy that's now been you know specifically modified for a particular uh, experience on the ground and you have to have a vehicle or some kind of receptive mechanism to receive all that. And that in an electrical system is called capacitance. And, and the capacitance then are the four kingdoms of nature on the ground that receive these energies and uh, you know, allow the final precipitation of our biology of nature as a whole and everything we see around us. And when you really dive into the seven ray understanding, then you can understand also that, for instance, the mineral uh, kingdom is a precipitation primarily of the first and seven rays. And, and as you see on the slide there, the plant, the second, uh, fourth and sixth rays, the animal, the third and the sixth ray. And when you understand what these rays are, then it would be more significant and you would understand why animal life is of a certain nature different than plant and mineral life and how the human level is a conglomeration of all of those kingdoms we possess within us all of those ray qualities and all the qualities that are you know are taken on uh through these rays by these other kingdoms of nature that's why we're the king of beasts so um Again, when ray. you understand that, now you can apply that to these other technologies that we think of as technologies and actually co-create exactly the way these functions are occurring in the higher realm. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just curious on the rays. Do they each have a qualitative color attribute? They do. They do. And as Walter Russell talked about in uh, going back to waveform mechanics, every waveform has 18 different dimensions, not dimensions in the way a lot of new agers think of multidimensionality, but we're talking about dimensions uh, more akin to attributes. Uh, and color would be one of these dimensions. Sound is another dimension. Density is another dimension and so forth. 
So again, you could see with those dimensions how the different um, uh, conglomerations of waveforms and uh, that can be coalesced in uh, unlimited fashion can create uh, things within our realm without limit. And it's up to us to put these things together, just like an artist does, you know, and every artist is unique in the way they see the world. And as far as how they can put something to a sculpture or canvas and uh, those uh, each of us in our lives is supposed to understand how to use this palette so that we can create in our lives and also contribute to the collective, uh, you know, in an intelligent, uh, predictable way. Wow, that's really important to remember the 18 different attributes or dimensions uh, each ray has that well, each aspect of reality is intertwined with that. Um, and also, I'm looking at the compression radiation, the yin and the yang, of course, I think of Walter Russell and the sex principle, right, the female yin, the compression the 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 creation side right that's compressing and bringing everything to reality and then of course the male side which is the the heat the radiation the um sort of bringing it out into the world uh that element and how those are continually going back and forth forever uh in the creation system and just like all of us are focused on these computer screens right now um what's happening we have data, and you understand this better than I do, Michael, uh, on a technological level relative to um, the internet. It's taking data, it's taking informational fields, and it's compressing it in a way where it finally appears on a screen as moving pictures. And uh, now it's being captured, but at the same time, that experience or what I just said a moment ago, where'd it go? Um, outside of the recording that we'll have of this episode, uh, it's, it's in the can somewhere else, you know, not just on our desktops. Um, and you know, that, uh, is in the can relative to those compressed data fields that allow this whole experience are now radiated back up to the source from where they came so that we can create the next frame in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. if we want to be out of the timeline, then we have to remove our consciousness from the construct that things are moving in a linear progressive um, rollout of what we consider our lives through different time cycles, phases of life, events, uh, you know, during the day, during the week, during the years, and understand that every single moment through those phases is a compression of data. And we have the experience of time because we're focused on the compression cycle only. We're hypnotized into what's going on to our senses in the next frame of the movie. Whereas if we saw simultaneously what we just experienced as evaporating into the next frame of the movie and that we're no longer thinking that we are a product of the movie, 
but in that equator of the waveform where you have the troughs, which are the radiation and the peaks, which are the compression, then we're going to be in the moment and not experiencing time. In fact, if our consciousness was in that particular state all the time, we would have the inability to age in our physical body. Yeah, I was just going to say it, it, it totally takes out the illusion of time when we can remove ourselves from the frame by frame, you know. And we experience pumpers. time because we are focused on the compression cycle only. Instead of the, the apple not only falling from the tree, but rising back up. Yep. <laughs> and grow. Yeah. The apple falls, it degenerates, it goes into the ground, it then goes through the whole recreation process. The sprout comes up, the tree creates the tree of life, right? <laughs> the tree of knowledge. Then we have the apple, of course, the Garden of Eden um, analogy there. Uh, and then we eat from the apple, but it was only uh, the apple and not understanding, um, as FPV said in here, the snake, which is the waveform. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> fascinating when we go deep into Walter Russell. Every time we talk about Walter Russell, it's just like, duh. Highly recommend everybody and, get you some Walter Russell books. And that's uh, what primal water is. Water is um, a precipitation to the ethers, to the final stage, to the carbon realm. And, you know, the our realm has uh, a carbon core, not a molten iron core. And the carbon then is what in turn... Uh, precipitates water internally within the realm. And, uh, you know, it's not just like water is created and falling down our heads in the sky. There's that element too. But again, it's all an internal production and back up again. And when you understand the function of the realm, you'll understand it. No, we aren't even dependent on water from above. I, I mean, we are kind of, but it comes from a whole different source uh, inside of us in the carbon element and um you know when we're entertaining a lot of these subjects on our past episodes primal water all these things they're all telling us the same thing so with those simple understandings too we realize there's no such thing as drought or lack or or a dependency on any particular function because the functional realm has everything available to us at all times uh, but only to the degree that our consciousness will entertain that vastness. Yeah, uh, you speak of primary water. Russell Anderson's in the chat, actually, which is cool. Oh, you're kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he, of course, was on the, he and uh, Cosmic Sojourner were on that primary water discussion, AlphaCast, uh, last year. And he actually was at Music and Sky last year, not this last one, but the one before. And uh, I think there is an inherent connection between the awakening waters of the internal milieu and then those waters bubbling up and, and the other way around as well, right? So as this mass awakening um, directly is affected by the structured water inside our bodies, um, also the planet is now pushing out those primary waters more and more. Very, very cool idea there and makes a lot of sense. 
I would love to have another chat with Russell um, and just uh, kind of catch up uh, and see where we've all been since we last talked is you know, some time ago now. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, circling back to the millennials and the Zers who are, um, you know, a lot of them are having that explorations of their consciousness and traveling and stuff. I think a lot of them inherently understand this and are trusting in the divine abundance of the realm and um, aren't stressing on money because it's just working out for them. And they also embrace their community and hanging out with their peers in ways that are often living in hostels and, you know, backpacking in Thailand and stuff. Uh, and there, I think that there is an inherent awakening uh, that um, is going on with them just intuitively understanding this. And I think it's something we should all remember once again, whenever the fear of paying the bills comes around. I know it's easy to fall into that trap. Um, but yeah, uh, anywhere else you want to go with this bear? This has been a phenomenal chat. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, um, I, I love these in-house chats too, and and I hope it's uh, somewhat entertaining for our audience. And again, apologies, uh, we didn't get to talk to Jaron, uh, but you know he will be back, and we'll get more uh, focused with him as far as what he considers true Earth. Uh, I'd really love to uh, get FPV Angel back on here. Um, uh, that would be amazing too. Uh, I, the, the one thing about, uh, FPV angel is their work is so comprehensive. Um, uh, you could get lost into it for a long time. It's just amazing. And they have an amazing team. So, uh, I'd really like to catch up there and see what's going on. So well, also, um, um related yeah, directly to what you brought up earlier about how indeed the, and this is what we're going to talk about in, in the next few episodes coming up with some of our guests, but how the construct is coming to an end and in, yes. in, in terms of how the functionality works and how they FPV are seeing the angles uh, in the sky, right? The uh, there's an angelic structures they're, they're finding in the sky that are representing this and are telling us this. Um, and I'm actually wondering if the crop circles have something to do with that as well. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely signs all abound uh, that this is indeed happening. And uh, they've done some really cool work around that. And I'd love to, yeah, let's get, let's get them back on, especially FPV. And if we can, uh, other guests from their crew that join a roundtable discussion. I'd love to get updates on anything that they've found recently in terms of those um, those visual explorations in the sky and with the, the sky clock and all that. Uh, yeah, excellent. And as FPV is in the chat, yes, let's get together again, guys. So um, I will, yeah, uh, figure out a way to connect and get that uh, on the books. And uh, yeah, um, very, very excited for everything that's going on in this community, by the way, Bear. It's so great seeing the friendships that have been formed through um, the workshops we've done, people meeting uh, on our land, and now our good buddies uh, through Music and Sky, of course. I know people who actually have found their partner and have been married and or at least had long-term relationships now, thanks to who they met at Music and Sky. Uh, and, uh, also through like our executive co-op 
and people that have met and become friends that way. And really, in the end, that is where the wealth, what true wealth is, right? True wealth is in, on the land and together with our community, with our fellow brothers and sisters. That's what makes us human is our ability to connect our consciousness and not only know thyself, but know each other. And it's been so uh, heartwarming. And it really is what drives my motivation moving forward. As I see my vocation finally being the community organizer, I, I finally figured out, I think that's what I'm doing in my life, Bear. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, it's it's really what feeds me and I know it feeds you and Deb is the emails we get from people every day thanking us and and uh, and like the reviews we get of the products we sell and all that that more than you know the money we get from selling the product and stuff is what actually drives the organization and is what has allowed us to grow uh, so much. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to everybody out there who's been listening to us. By the way, you know, this is like our 201st or second, I think now, I think our 202nd episode. We didn't even celebrate Amazing. 200, man. We'll have to celebrate 250, I guess, or maybe uh, <laughs> 222, huh? Uh, but yeah, uh, we've been at it for a bit and, uh, thanks everybody for all the support. Yes. Thank you. We love you all. And, um, we are going to do probably, um, Mike, what do you think, uh, more episodes where maybe we have an intro on uh, YouTube here and then, um, you know, kind of move our audience over to another platform halfway through. Uh, a lot not, of folks, you know, have already started doing that. And I think we're going to have to, because I'm, I, I get a little weary of playing the game of not being able to talk about certain things and, you know, share certain things or use certain words. It's, it's pretty childish really. So we'll uh, try to between our new site, which will, you know, uh, be able to have our own platform free of any kind of um, censoring and then also use other platforms at the same time where we have less restriction. So, um, yeah, this has yeah. been amazing. And just, uh, yeah, you've done an amazing job, Mike, just as far as um, getting out there, getting us out there. Also, um, networking, which you have a true, uh, a true gift for doing, uh, you know, with other folks. Uh, I love seeing what... Um, you know, all the people I've met through the music and sky community, uh, sharing, you know, their talents or their technologies, things like people like Eileen uh, Cusack uh, with her, you know, making sound therapy available to wider audiences, you know, because long ago I realized sound therapy, how important it was, why I incorporated into our clinical practice, even made a whole sound therapy room, you know, and, and, uh, but, you know, all these folks now are taking it into, uh, you know, uh, a functionality that can then be used by everybody and not just, you know, relying on someone like myself that, you know, created a, a particular modality around it. Uh, you know, folks like uh, Marty Leeds, who is, uh, you know, just deciphering uh, things in a whole different ways and getting us out of the narrow constructs, uh, you know, put out by religions and so forth. Um, I mean, we could go on forever. Just so many amazing people. 
Yeah, I've got my sonic slider right here. We should get Eileen back on. We haven't had her in a while. And um, she absolutely is just crushing it on so many levels. And she is a multidimensional person who can can really talk about a lot of what we like what we discussed today on the chat. She can bring in uh, a, a multiple different levels of thinking around where she knows around the biofield, right? Uh, there you go. I've got my that. slider right here too. <laughs> I, I love these. They're great. They're awesome. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's where the true wealth lies is in the community. We've got Don Lester in the chat here. She's just such a spark of amazing, amazing work that uh, Dawn has done. Yeah. And, and then, you know, obviously uh, our amazing admins that are always holding it down like Giselle and Hulda and Robin and, uh, and the always humorous Mark uh, in the chat you you are the ones that really are the alpha vedic force and so uh without you guys we would just be bear and i back having our discussions over the phone and um <laughs> just kind of doing what we had been doing forever but now we really are influencing the field and i believe making a difference for the good and it's it's quite a pleasure every week to meet with you guys online here and and do this um and also meet in person, which we will be announcing workshops again, as we, um, I'm excited too, Bear, about that and getting more people on the land. We've been doing a lot of work getting the infrastructure built up to be able to host larger crowds uh, and even have some woofers, hopefully, or some people that want to help on the farm live there for a bit and help help us out. Mark's back, I saw, um, speaking of Music and Sky, uh, original, well, they knew about us before, but I first met Mark and his lovely partner, Barb, at Music and Sky 2021, and then they came up and they moved up here and now become really good friends of ours. And Mark is back um, working on stuff today I saw on the land. So that's exciting. And I can't wait to have our next workshop so our uh, co-op members can come up and hang out and see all the amazing improvements that have been done in the last year. Yeah. And just some final words about what we are creating here. Um, right now we're expanding the infrastructure so we can have more facilities here for, uh, you know, kind of small groups to come in for our workshops. It's not going to be hundreds of people, but we, you know, specialize in very in-depth, uh, special get togethers. And we're going to be doing those where we're teaching medical techniques, uh, uh, lawfare, you know, you name it. Um, and, and of course, uh, uh, above everything is just how to grow things here. And uh, so this is going to be a very busy winter um, going the next level as far as we're already expanding for next spring right now. But there's a lot of great folks that we are, um, have joined forces with. You know, we've got Jim Gale out there. He's doing a great uh job you know in the world of permaculture the anastasia folks that are you know bringing that level of sovereignty you know into the forefront that uh you know came out through those books um just all sorts of really good people now here at alpha vedic we're pretty eclectic um the only reason why we started products a long time ago uh you know i was just manufacturing things privately for clients that needed had special needs so i'd make a lot of customized things uh because i just wasn't seeing out on the market uh 
things that I needed that were of a, a level that were foundational for what I needed to help people regain their health. So that kind of morphed into making larger batches because there's requests coming in. And then when we started our permaculture farms, and this is the third one, uh, it became necessary to figure out how to finance ourselves. And of course, permaculture is supposed to be a closed loop, self-maintaining system. And if you don't have a way to finance it, then you know, you, you're not going to get very far. So then the products morph to that level where they everything that comes in then just becomes part of the whole financial mechanism that allows us to keep expanding. Uh, so with that, you know, from our past in athletics that then uh, transitioned into full-on medicine and many years in that, being involved internationally in the financial system with people that were high up in the G7 level. You know, uh, Deb and I have had an interesting experience and I'd like to share more of things on a personal level as far as why all the way back in childhood and day one, I kind of knew I was going down this path and it was because of certain events that happened, certain special people that came into my life and so forth. So um, it's been an interesting journey and Alpha Vedic is a culmination of all those things of um, athletics, medicine, understanding how financial and uh you know, uh, lawful systems are supposed to operate, how they're all supposed to be in line with natural law and uh, how we are not supposed to be dependent on anything outside of ourselves. So we have put together here a prototype for all of those things. And that's what will be the subject of a lot of online interaction with uh, workshops that we'll be conducting. And more importantly, for small groups of people to become come here periodically and just see hands-on how to actually do things. And in my practice, I realized that in order for a person to regain true health, they had to have knowledge in all of these fields because you can't be free in your body and healthy in your body if simultaneously you think you owe somebody something else in the financial or legal system or so forth, you're either free or you're not. And so we had to put together, you know, working model that incorporates all these levels of understanding because we don't get out of this thing that we've created unless we connect all the dots and uh, yeah, you're free or 100%. Uh, you can't be 90% free or it has to be all the way. And that incorporates everything about us, including some of the topics that we talked about today, which are the fallacies that have been fed to us in order to keep us dependent, confined, and manipulated. So go forth and be free and enjoy your life. Go plant something. As I say at the end of every show, get your feet in the dirt, go for a hike. Go show Mother Nature some love. She'll um, basically just uh, spit back what you give her, right? So uh, amazing talk today, Bear. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thanks to Deb. Thanks to everybody in the farm. I need to get over there ASAP uh, and uh, help out a bit. 
So that's the plan. And thanks everybody out there in the community. Once again, please give us a thumbs up, a share, a like. If you enjoyed this conversation, share with your friends and family. Subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Also go subscribe to uh, the Elegant Off-Grid Elegance YouTube channel, which is going to be growing more on YouTube as we, as Bear alluded to, taking AlphaCast probably slowly off of YouTube, just doing an introduction and then moving it over to more decentralized channels. We are in Rumble. We are on Sayergy's Unite. We are in Odyssey. Um, I think I might have screwed up and not got us on Odyssey uh, this go around. I'll have to check on that. Um, but also, and, um, go ahead. Well, I just say a quick word. Uh, last week, we, uh, in lieu of a podcast, we uh, did our first episode of Porch Talk with Josh Biggleson. Uh, that's another great relationship that has evolved out of Alpha Vedic, working with the Biggelsons, Adam and Josh. Uh, they're doing amazing work, keeping their dad's work alive, holographic blood work. Uh, you know, so there's going to be a lot that's going to transpire as far as, um, you know, a little cohesive work between our camps and to keep these, um, you know, this knowledge alive. So uh, everybody that hasn't seen that porch talk, it's just a good little introduction to show, you know, how we're going to be doing those on the land here when people come by, uh, you know, for a visit or whatever, uh, you know, notables and folks like that, then, you know, we'll have a nice little talk and we'll put that up on both of our channels. So uh, get over yeah, and see we that were... first one with Josh. Yeah, uh, go support the Off Grid Elegance YouTube channel. I'll make sure the link is uh, in the show description below. And uh, yeah, we were going to have Don Lester at the farm after Music and Sky, and that would have been an awesome porch talk, but that got sidelined due to the fires. But those are the kind of talks that I'm really looking forward to hosting on the land there. Um, that was always the plan with AlphaCast was to eventually have a studio right there and do it live with guests who are on the farm and, and in the residence of that magical land. So it's great. Everything's coming. Everything's happening, man. We're manifesting it all. Uh, thanks again, guys. And I was going to say in terms of, yeah, um, uh, Cordal will eventually be one of the places that I'm very excited about having Alpha, Alpha Cast on because it is censorship proof. Uh, there is nothing that can ever take down content once it's up there even something like odyssey has issues in terms of some of its centralization using the world wide web so if you aren't on cordal yet um go check it out q o q o r t a l you do man your own garden on cordal you it's it's like literally being your own farmer of your own data everything's on your own side of running your own node there's really nothing else out there like it that has the functionality that it has it's still in a baby sprout right now baby sprout we're talking probably another five years before the world even knows about it so jump in now while you can while it's still early and while well, you always can but you know what i mean love you guys uh yeah, we'll it, see you it's, yeah no go ahead i was just gonna say coral's absolutely revolutionary it's it's the next level um you know and everything we're talking about i would love to see somebody come along and uh dump a lot of resources behind it and get it going a lot sooner than five years from now and i think that's going to happen you you've had some amazing uh individuals very interested in that people that get it and yeah. people that have the ability to help get it out so i have no doubt that it's going to materialize in quicker than five years so go ahead you can sign off mike just wanted to say that
Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, and yeah, that would be awesome because the world needs it more than ever. So, and it's yeah. a transition. It's a bridge back to the analog technologies we were talking about today. So love you guys. And we'll see you next Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific time for another AlphaCast. Have a great weekend and cheers.